Hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Playbook by Grace podcast. My name is Cooper Lee, and before we begin, I wanted to explain my heart behind this podcast. As I have begun my professional journey, I realized how difficult it can be to find true Christian community in the workforce. With the importance that our society puts on the professional environment, it can be easy for our relationship with Christ to take a back seat at times. This is a pitfall that so many Christians fall into, and to be honest, I was worried that I would be unable to find a Christian community in the so-called real world. However, as I have ventured out, the Lord has provided. I have had an incredible amount of conversations with people in my industry, as well as others, about their faith and their walk with the Lord. I was so encouraged by this, and it was comforting to know that there are people to talk to about Christ when life becomes stressful and difficult in the workforce, as it usually does. However, I still noticed how few people openly talked about their faith in corporate environments. Once these conversations began, however, it was so easy to embrace the community and camaraderie that the Lord provided. So after these conversations, God put it on my heart to seek out individuals in the workplace and talk to them about how they keep their relationship with Christ continually fruitful, even under the stress of their professions. The goal with this podcast is to encourage people to start searching for these connections and to pour into the people around them who do not know the good news. The guests on this podcast are some of the most Christ-centered people that I know, and their stories constantly encourage me to continue running towards the Lord. God calls us to search for like-minded people, as well as to plant seeds everywhere we go. And as Christians, the workplace can be an incredible place to do both of these things. My biggest hope for those who listen is to find comfort and encouragement in the stories told and the memories shared. The first guest for Playbook by Grace is Jesse Clark, a young entrepreneur, founder of JMC Creative, and author of I Delight Because He Is Near, a young woman's collection of poems and prayers for every season of life. And so, Jesse, how have you been? It's been too long. I'm excited to talk to you today. Oh, Cooper, I've been so good. Staying busy, but very good things going on. Busy is an understatement. I look at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, this. And I was talking to, I had um, a friend of mine on a couple days ago, and like it's the same story. I look at both the all schedules and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do, how do you sleep or eat or? anything I don't I don't understand it but you're doing a great job and somehow still saying staying sane so (laughs) it's always a good sign when the calendar is just all colors of the rainbow oh absolutely oh wow that's a fun weekend (laughs) yeah just 10 to 10 all different colors all all different things just a nice gradient there (laughs) oh absolutely but it's organized if it's on if it's on the calendar that means it's organized. It's not just jumping on uh, without thinking about it like I do. I, I started to think about making calendars and making planners and whatnot because I have so many things throughout the day and too many of them surprise me now. And I don't like that. Yeah. It is life-changing getting organized. I haven't always been organized. Oh, I, I've not necessarily been against calendars, but I'm like, I can figure this out on my own. I don't need it. But uh-huh. now that it, we're basically adults. I'm like, I need it. I need it now mm-hmm. to figure it yeah. out. Um, so before we hop in anymore, why don't we, uh, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and like what you're doing and um, for the kingdom and just for work and whatnot. And I just want to hear everybody to hear a little bit more about you. Yes. Okay. So if you didn't hear before, my name is Jesse Clark. Um, I am from Fort Worth, Texas originally, but am right now a senior at OU. 
um, majoring in entrepreneurship and minoring in nonprofit management. And kind of my day-to-day, -day, I am doing a couple different things. Um, I really enjoy serving for a ministry on campus called Crossover, but that's not really business I do, but it's just a fun little hobby. And then um, I am a professional photographer and also have an online store called JMC Creative, where I sell home goods, jewelry, clothing, um, anything that's kind of cutesy that you might want in your home or to wear, I try to sell. Um, it's a really, really small store. And then I also current, uh, recently wrote a book and that is called I Delight Because He Is Near. So I also sell that and kind of talk about that sometimes on podcasts. And that's kind of what I'm up to right now. A few more things may be in the works, but. Oh, wow. Fine. Okay. We got a little bit of a cliffhanger there to start. Um, but like you said all of the things all of the things and um that's when you talk about the photography that's one thing that I've always noticed is that like I'm a photographer on the side too but when I look at yours and I look at mine it just blows my mind how creativity can just go in two different directions because like I'm more on the sports side you're more on on the portrait and wedding and all that stuff and when I think of that for myself I just say Oh, I don't know if I could do that. Like it's it it it, it, it weirds me out. Like the uh -huh. whole uh, po I I mean I like doing it, especially with people that um, either I know or I get to meet new people. It's super exciting. But uh, when I first started out doing like the the couples and wedding or weddings yeah. and engagements, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. But um, it's a lot of pressure. Some people are built for it, and I'm glad you are, because somebody's <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> yes. Oh, it is so fun, though. You really just, your job is celebrating people, because mm -hmm. people schedule photo shoots to, like, commemorate something really special in their lives, like graduating or getting engaged or weddings, and it's just so much fun. So it definitely isn't for everybody, because it's a little bit of pressure mixed with a lot of face-to-face -face client interaction and a lot of people don't like that but i i do love that part of it i've definitely gotten more used to it as i've gotten more comfortable and um it's just one of those things where at the beginning like i said you just kind of are like oh my gosh these people i have no idea who they are they're trusting me with these big moments in their lives and i can't yes. mess it up <laughs> oh i know that is a little stressful i haven't had any horror stories yet oh, good. but you to hear the people of the wedding photographer losing the entire SD card and oh, this scares me so much. No, I'm glad that hasn't happened to you. While mm -hmm. that would make a good story later, way later. Way later moment, after many like, tears and that lots would be, of lost money. That would be a fun story you tell 20 years down the road when you've had a long successful career and then you say, well, let me tell you how I actually started. And then... <laughs> <laughs> but that hasn't happened to you yet so you're okay I'm praying that never happens oh that would be terrible <laughs> and i wouldn't wish that upon anybody mm -mm. I, um with sports photography if i photographed an entire game and then lost the card i would i would also cry i would be very sad <laughs> i know oh scary oh gosh no it, it would be so bad um but i guess what i wanted to first start out talking about with your brand and um, with the photography and just all the things that you're doing. Um, you're also a student full time. Yes. Uh, how? How? 
how we talked about the calendar, we talked about the planner, but that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's just writing it down. How do you manage to actually do it all and do it all well? Like, is, do you have any secrets, do you have any tips? Ooh, I don't think I do it all well, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So I was trying to juggle all this a couple of years ago while being a student, but with jobs I really didn't love, Mm-hmm. Um, I was selling insurance. I was doing cold calls. Oh, I, I forgot like, about that. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> and so that I was every single day counting down the minutes till I could get in bed and go to sleep, woke up tired, woke up so dreading the day ahead. Not anything. If you love selling insurance, that's great. <laughs> but for me, I was so drained every single day. And I think it really is. I know it's cheesy. People say like, do what you love, but finding a passion for something and having while also having the capacity to really give it your all Mm. is kind of where I found it. And I had to be like, how important is this to me to pursue publishing this book and launching this retail store and like full time doing photography? Is this really important enough that I'm willing to sacrifice other things? Um, and do I love it enough to where I won't hate my life every single day trying to juggle all these things, but I'll wake up excited and ready for what's happening. Um, and so I think that's one thing I've done is I've honestly kind of readjusted to do only things that I love in the store. I had a million products to start was doing orders every single day, um, making a ton of social media posts. Cause that's how you sell things on mm-hmm e-commerce retail stores you post a lot and you photograph a lot of content and so i've kind of honestly even stepped back a little bit from that in this Mm -hmm. time just knowing that i can't do that wholeheartedly right now so i'm almost even gonna just pause it Mm -hmm. um so that's i think like a constant readjusting and being able to pivot and able to I don't know, prioritize things like photography right now for me is taking off. And so that's what I'm giving all my time to mm-hmm. when I have a free minute. Um, but then also school is just, I've just tried to be like, how can I be excellent in school, but not give it more weight and more value than it deserves and not idolize school so much that I'm sacrificing things like relationships and community and entrepreneurial efforts when I'm literally going to school to learn how to be an entrepreneur and I'm starting businesses right now. So that's kind of what I'd say, kind of a jumbled answer, but. Oh no, that that was a great answer. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Being able to pivot, very important. Yes. I mean, and a lot of people don't realize, but it goes into really any job that you're, uh, that anybody does. Like you're talking about the insurance, the nine to five that a lot of people do or the creative that people do where it's very like, not exactly uniform how everybody does it it's different for everybody but that same mentality of doing what you love it still has to go in everywhere because yes nine to five jobs are monotonous if you don't love it but also creative jobs like photography videography podcast graphic design all of these things it's a sometimes it's a 24-hour thing because you don't really have anybody keeping track of what you're doing, but yourself. So Uh that can also become monotonous and tiring if you don't truly love it. So I I love what you said about having 
to truly have to pa the passion for it because if you mm -hmm. don't have that in anything that you're doing then very true. it's going to turn into kind of a nightmare at some point anyways yes yes um who are your i guess maybe for the lack of a better term your mount rushmore of people that you want to that you want to be like because everybody wants to be like somebody um so yeah. who are people for you oh that's a great question so i have kind of two different answers my family my parents honestly mm -hmm. have just modeled this life of generosity and go 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 and entrepreneurship and they have started so many things and just kind of told me since i was little that like whatever i wanted to do they were behind me fully um and so i think that just kind of opened the door to be like wow it's not scary to have dreams it's actually really exciting and i don't mm -hmm. have to walk around sad being like this will never happen for me but more so they're like let's figure out a way that we can make this happen even when we don't have the money when we don't have the time let's figure it out um and so my mom started her own she didn't go to school for um interior design but started her own interior design practice and just has been incredibly successful both of them came from nothing um, first generation college students wow. work so hard to just earn a living and build a life for themselves and have opened a restaurant opened a coffee shop opened a retail store and started nonprofits. and i'm just like what so they're kind of like pinnacle i'm just i look at them and i wonder how in the world they do all that they do and if you think i'm busy my mom is a she's a crazy lady in the best way she's <laughs> running from appointment to appointment to appointment from 7 a.m to midnight and then she stays up till 4 a.m. doing all these things. And I'm like, mom, is this sustainable? And she's like, I love it. I love it so much. Um, my more global inspiration, kind of corny to say it's an influencer, but her name is Kristen Johns. She's married to Marcus Johns, who was like a famous finer back in the day, which is just funny. Um, but she has designed this beautiful brand called Kristen Made um, with home goods and she shares recipes and she just does things so beautifully all while sharing truth and sharing the gospel um, and she just completely uses her platform and her creativity and her business skills to share who the lord is and to love on people and just like let people in um get a get a glimpse of what a life with the lord looks like and so i just think that's really beautiful and i would love to be something like that do something like that and so that's probably my more large-scale inspiration um just for creativity and a way to do that well and in a way that glorifies the lord man maybe this needs to be and maybe i needed to have the the clark family on about with because uh, as soon as you talked about all your family i was like oh my gosh i know where she gets it from i understand now <laughs> they're much more qualified to talk about this than me they're amazing oh i don't think so i think that that i think the uh the apple does not fall far from the tree so i think oh, you're good thank you. so sweet <laughs> um so just continuing uh what we were talking about uh what we've been talking about um man there's just so many things i want to ask you in just so little time um <laughs> but how do you tie in um your relationship with the Lord into everything that you're doing and all the, 
all of the work that you're doing because it's very easy and I know I fall subject to it myself to make it about make make it about me because we have to you know market ourselves and we have to and we were talking what you were mentioned before about making uh going all over social media about um marketing yourself your brand and it's very easy to just hear you 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 me 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 over and over again so like how do you how do you continue to humble yourself as you go on this journey of uh, entrepreneurship and business and whatnot that's a great question so I've actually been really surprised with photography. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about each thing briefly um, because they're kind of different for each little business venture. But for photography, it kind of seems like a materialistic thing. People are getting photos of themselves. You spend hours editing the photos and it could be this really materialistic job in life. if you go that route, and I know a lot of photographers who retouch their clients, and I choose to not do that, but um, I don't know, it just can get to be this like creating an idolized image of the client for the client to just prolong this like, oh, let's idolize our appearance. Um, And so kind of like prayerfully entered into photography when I decided to do it more seriously. I was just like, Lord, this doesn't feel like a ministry like I've always kind of pictured myself in ministry Mm -hmm. um this could really turn materialistic very quickly in me and in the people I photograph um and I have just been so blown away by what the Lord has done and just if you think about it you get access to people for two hours you would maybe never meet before and for two hours you just get to encourage them and tell them that they're beautiful and that they're loved and that they're Mm -hmm. good enough Um, and so for a lot of people taking pictures can be really intimidating and people dread it and really hate taking photos because it exposes insecurity and makes them feel bad about themselves and so it's been the coolest opportunity to just get to sit with people maybe who are nervous or whatever it may be, even if they're not nervous and just tell them that they're loved. And there's been lots of girls who it's just been put on my heart to share the gospel with them. Um, And I would never have met them before. So that's been a really sweet surprise with photography that I didn't necessarily expect. Um, But with the other ones, it is hard because sometimes you don't have a model for your products. So you take a picture of yourself because you have to, because you have to post something. Um, And then you just look it over and over and over again. And if things don't sell, you're like, is this because of me? Like, am I not doing something right? Am I falling short here? Am I not cute enough? Am I not popular enough to like sell things? Um, And so that has definitely been like a check to be like, Lord, my worth is not tied to my business. What? Um, And so with like the selling the retail store, if it has a week where it doesn't do well, right at first, I was just like, Lord, I feel so insecure and embarrassed that like my store is not doing well. And just, it's been sweet for him to teach me like anything I give you is a gift. Um, And be grateful that you have the chance, like you have the opportunity, you have the means to be able to start your own company at 21. And so it was just, it's been a really sweet and humbling process to be like, First of all, I'm not defined by what I sell and how much I sell, how much money I make. But in every um, package I send out, I put in a little write-up of my story in the gospel. And that was kind of my way to be like, oh, 
because I wanted to reach the girls who weren't just going to go online and buy a Christian book. I wanted to have some way of like touching them and like giving a little bit of truth. And if they're curious, I put my phone number, they can call me, um, ask any questions about the Lord or my story or whatever it is. Um, so that's been really sweet to just see the Lord be faithful in that. And like, even if I did the retail store to send one card that had the gospel on it to one girl, that's so worth it. And I don't need to get all caught up in the numbers and how much I'm selling. But if one person was impacted or wanted to know Jesus because of that, it's worth it. So that's been really sweet. Similar to the book. The book is a little personal. Right. Um, and just being, it's honestly hard to sell because it's like, what if they don't like it? What if they don't read? I don't know. This is kind of awkward. Um, and it's mostly like prayers that I have said to the Lord or like written out to the Lord over the past 10 years, just on really dark days and on really good days in my life. And so it feels very vulnerable to be like, oh, what do people think it's weird that it's only prayers? Like it's not a ton of my story in there. Right. Um, so oh, all in all, I'd say it's just been very humbling and just revealing even more so that like, apart from Jesus, I have nothing to offer people. Um, and so that's been my big takeaway from all three things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I didn't, I guess I was thinking about the ego inflation. I didn't even really think too much about the the deterioration aspect of it. And that, cause that's also, that's a check in its own right. And um I'm glad you brought that up and kind of pivoting off of that. Um, before we get into your book, I just um, wanted to kind of call an audible and talk about. Um, so as creatives, we all look to ins uh, other people for inspiration. We look to other people's work and how to, um, how they're successful and how they're doing um, and what they're doing to be so successful. And um, it's very easy to get caught up in um, envy culture. Uh, because of that and um because it's not what you're doing is not necessarily a numbers thing it's not a um find this in a graph and find this uh, this number is what it is and um this information is what it is it's a lot more of what you think it could be mm -hmm. and um when it doesn't live up to your expectations based upon somebody else that's doing maybe not the same thing but maybe another photographer or another author or another um other entrepreneur in general. Um, so how, how do you um, go to the Lord with dealing with that sort of envy and um, in this imitation culture that we live in now? Yes. Okay. That is a great question. Um, that's kind of not where I am today, but where I have been like mm -hmm. comparing to people doing similar things and wondering like, is this my time to go all in should I try for this and try to do similar things to what people are already doing? And all my entrepreneurship classes are like, it's not about having something new. It's about doing something that's already been done better than how it's being done or in a different way than how it's being done. And so that gets kind of hard because you're just always comparing you and your business to this person in their business and your lifestyles and if one person that's their full-time job, they're going to be more successful than you because they have more time to give it. They have more energy. They have more resources. Um, and so that's kind of where I've had to be like, okay, Lord, I'm going to just sit still. 
doing what I can with this now and knowing that it's not going to be as big as people who are doing similar things just because I don't have the capacity to give it my all right now mm -hmm. and maybe I never will maybe I'll never want to give JMC creative my all but for now I know that I can't um, and so just kind of settling with the fact that it is what it is and if it slows down that doesn't mean failure um, it might be like a point to re-examine and re maybe pivot to a different idea or a different marketing strategy or whatever it is but just knowing that like slowing down to reevaluate does not equal failure um when i'm like looking at people around me who are doing very similar things does oh, that answer your no question? that's a, an incredible answer okay. uh, especially with social media and whatnot it's right even for people not even related to their job, you look on social media and you see, oh my gosh, this person is doing this or is in this place or is, um, looks way better than I do. looks da, 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 da. like it's very easy to get caught up in even just the superficial things about, mm -hmm. uh, about our lives. And obviously that's, um, all of that is not, um, not founded because we're all, you know, equally beautiful and be equally beautifully created in God's image and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. And then it, once you tie in business to social media, because you and I know that that's where, that's, where, every, that's where everything is headed. It's everything now. Yeah, and exactly. So you can tie in your superficial um, issue, issues with it. And then you can also tie in your professional issues with it. And then it gets to a point where you look, log on Instagram or log on to Twitter Facebook, TikTok, whatever, and, you're, and you just feel so, like the weight on your shoulders that is already there because you're starting this business and you're like, oh my gosh, what if I fail? Like you said, mm -hmm. and then you see everybody else doing it so well. And then that the weight on that your shoulders just continues to go farther and farther in. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a great point too. And everything being so public adds this other pressure like, it's not like I just went out and started a business that my friends don't know about. And if it fails, it fails. Everybody in my life knows and they mm -hmm. see and they're going to be able to see if it fails because it's all over social media. If I stop posting, if I take down my Instagram account, oh, her business wasn't doing so well. She didn't stop that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's like an extra pressure that I felt like oh I can't ever stop this because this will be embarrassing like everyone will know that I failed um and so that's been also sweet of the Lord to be like you got one foot out the door you tried it you learned something if you want to grow it go all in if you want to pause at any point like you learned and so that's something where I've kind of had to settle into and be like Jesse, stop being embarrassed. It's not, people are not going to judge you if you decide to ever stop this or if you ever decide this is not worth the time anymore. Um, but yeah, that public factor does kind of, just as hard because if you're successful, it's great. Everybody sees that you're successful. If you're not, everyone also sees that. So just learning to care less mm -hmm. um, and just treasure experiences and what I've learned and all those things yeah because if you feel if you feel called to it by the Lord it it may not even if it hypothetically did fail or it didn't go the way you wanted it's not a like you said it's not a failure in God's eyes and that that's the only thing that really matters and mm -hmm. some 
someone you knew from high school when they find if you took your Instagram a post down or whatever their opinion while it may sting very very briefly it's going to be like oh that didn't feel good that's tough mm-hmm. they know that they know that I made a typo on one of my graphics oh no like or one of my <laughs> posts or whatever like or if they took a post down or heck if they took the account down like you said it's uh mm-hmm. it's gonna sting for a second and maybe for a little bit longer than a second depending mm-hmm. on the severity but if it's from God because God can give us all of this stuff but if it's time to take it away or if it's time to step away then that's in his timing too and um I love how you mentioned that uh, that and being okay with whatever decision comes from the Lord because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it can't be bad yeah that's true mm-hmm. so um the last thing i want to talk to you today um is just about your book and um just because i don't want to step on step on any of your toes about what you what you think the book is about because i don't want to explain what the book is about because i'm talking to the author like why would i do that <laughs> so if you just want to talk about the purposefulness behind why you wrote it and um what inspired you to do it um you can the floor is yours Oh, thank you. Okay, so believe it or not, never wanted to write a book. Never thought that would be something I would do. If you would have told my 14-year-old self that you would, I would have wrote a book about what I had been through, I would have laughed in your face because (laughs) I just kind of thought like I would never talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had these like extensive journals from every year of my life Mm -hmm. where I would just pour out my heart to the Lord Um, because I really felt like he was my closest friend, the only person who knew everything and chose to stay. Um, So I really felt safe talking to him about everything, like the really scary thoughts in my head and the really joyful moments. I wanted to talk to him about it all. Um, And so the book is just, I would say, a combination of prayers. It's called... um, I delight because he is near. And basically the theme of the book is that in every season, in every circumstance, in every suffering, every trial, uh, there is a reason to delight because the Lord promises that he's near Mm -hmm. and he doesn't promise comfort and he doesn't promise that our lives will be pain-free or easy, but he does promise to be with us step by step in every single place that we will go. Um, And to me, that's better than any promise of ease. Um, And so that is a reason to have joy and that is a reason to rejoice. And so that's kind of the story behind the title. Mm -hmm. And then the book itself is like a culmination of prayers and poems that I've written to the Lord over the past, I don't know, eight years, 10 years. Um, And it's just kind of meant to be more like a devotional style. There's scripture intertwined that maybe some of the prayers were based off of. Um, And then at the beginning and end, I share a little bit about my story and just invite people into the gospel um, and invite them to share their story with me if they've never shared their story before. Mm -hmm. So I kind of copied Bob, Bob, like I said, nothing is really original, Um, but I put my number in the back of every book, like I put it in every order. Mm-hmm. and um, just girls have reached out and shared their story for the first time, and so getting to kind of bird's eye view a couple, almost a year after writing the book, um, I wrote, I think I published it in November, mm-hmm. but um, just seeing that there was purpose in it, because I just 
one day was reading a, I was kind of asking the Lord what my next step was. And I was just like, Lord, I feel kind of apathetic. I don't really know. I'm not really clearly doing anything for you right now, mm -hmm. which makes me sad, but I know it's not doing things. It's not about doing things for you. Um, you love me the same either way, but I do want to like proclaim who you are boldly. And then I read Psalm 66, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it says, come in here, all you who fear the Lord, and I will share what the Lord has done for my soul. Um, and so it just was like, I don't declare to anybody what the Lord has done for me, like what he has saved me out of. And he deserves the glory for that. Um, and he deserves so much praise for who he has been to me. Um, and so that kind of like sparked this gosh, I want to share what he's done for me. How do I do that on a large scale? I don't want to do like a Instagram post. Like that feels silly. Um, but how do I do that? Like he deserves praise for what he's done for me. And so the next, I kind of in that moment thought about a book for the first time in my life. Cause I had all these things I had written just pages and pages and journals and journals. And I was just like, maybe I'll do something with those. I don't really know. That feels really weird and awkward mm -hmm. and very vulnerable. Right. Um, and then the next day on Instagram, like two people that I have, like, I don't know, just random connections with randomly reached out to me and said, Hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? I don't know why, but I just kind of feel like you should. And I was like, well, <laughs> yesterday was the first time in my entire life I thought about doing that and so that was just like I'm a seven on the Enneagram and I just got excited and ran full force had the whole thing together in like three weeks and ordered to the publisher and then right before like the day before the release I just broke down and I was like lord I feel so insecure I feel so inadequate like who am I to think people need to hear my story like this is this whole thing just for my ego and also this feels really scary and big to tell people like about my abuse when I was little and just to let people in that like I've had really 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 dark days and I pride myself on being this joyful person who is smiling all the time and like to let people in on the fact that like that hasn't always been me and there's been times where I like didn't want to live any longer and just like letting people in on all of those dark heavy things just felt really really hard so it was definitely not just like this easy whoa process but for the first three weeks it really was oh, that's my book spiel oh absolutely and what what you're talking about oh it's not this like this easy thing no like um what what you shared was probably one of the well definitely um more intimate details of your life than most people could think of sharing um and especially with what you mentioned about um abuse and things like that that's a very it's a very not only heavy but a very personal a very um well heavy like and very yeah. uh, i mean i don't know how else to put it um topic to not only share with the people you care about and the people who you call family and close friends but that step to um share it with the world it I mean, with the world yeah um <laughs> was a very a very big step and i don't think that's um that should be just pushed aside um because it's very like you said it's very easy to be like oh is this for my ego like 
I don't think that I don't think definitely don't think that's the case just because of your story um, that you're telling people is not isn't isn't just a story it it's something that is very near and dear to your heart and it made you who you are and I know that there's countless men and women who went through stories a lot like yours um, who are um, terrified of telling that story and telling what that looks like and um, I guess what what inspired you to first off tell people how did you go from telling people that are close to you to the book because that's a very it's a very big big gap you know what I mean because I would trust any I would trust my family with my life and even then if I went went through abuse or assault or any of these like horrible horrible things Mm -hmm. I would still be very apprehensive about telling that to people close to me let alone everybody you know what I mean yes yes oh it was definitely very hard so I told my family about it they were the first people I told um my senior year of high school and then honestly didn't really tell anybody else Mm -hmm. um just like kept that very close told a few close friends and it was humiliating for me and people responded well but I was so humiliated and just felt like this thing I had built of who Jesse Clark is this like girl who loves the Lord was just like torn down when I told them just I felt so humiliated and embarrassed um so it was really hard for me to tell anybody else and then they responded with so much grace and so much affirmation that it was not my fault and that this was abuse and that was kind of the first time I had been like this is something that happened to me like I'm not responsible for this um and for 12 years I had been so ashamed and crippled because I just believed it was my fault and so that was when things started to kind of shift and I worked at a summer camp and I just felt the Lord I worked with high school girls and I just felt the Lord tell me every single Sunday that's the day we got new campers every single Sunday tell my story my full story that I had never told anybody really like none of my close friends knew and just and I was like okay um and so I was so embarrassed I was like hi guys uh I'm gonna tell you my story it's so nice to meet you um and just like I didn't have one cabin where at least half of the girls didn't come out about abuse for the first time and so just very very sweet to be like this is a tool like this is a gift that I have empathy for situations like these um that people who are trapped in silence and shame like I was for 12 years like they could get free so much earlier than I did and so just kind of wanted to be like I want to share as much as possible even if it's painful or embarrassing or whatever I want to share because like I saw so much freedom and that was like wait what the Lord can actually use this like he really does mean it when he says he can bring beauty out of ashes. And I have seen him do that firsthand in my life. And so after that year, I started opening up more to friends and just was really encouraged by my community to share. Um, and just was met with so much grace when I did share with my community about 
what had happened to me and just people coming around me and surrounding me so that whenever it was time to really share on a bigger scale, I felt very like supported and believed and loved. And so that's kind of that, but it was not easy to start out, but slowly got easier as I moved through the years. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, it seems like it came almost like a, once you, shared what was on your heart so quick uh when you were 18 the um it almost spread like a wildfire it sounds like it, yeah. wait, mm-hmm. in the relative term of the 18 to 21 like you are now that uh the book came out when you were 21 or you were 20 21 just turned 21 okay so that three years um seems like a very minuscule amount of time so the time uh, from uh six to 18 like you were mm-hmm. you said so um it's just incredible to hear that not only did you get that freedom to share um with people close to you but also you've helped so many people um find some form of courage to figure out how what their next steps are because and i love that you highlighted the fact that it's not that it happened to you it didn't happen because of you it's not your fault mm-hmm. it's not any of their fault it it happened they're they're the victim and the mm-hmm. fact that um and it's just a very it and i've personally haven't haven't experienced something like that so i can't even imagine what the next steps are for people who um yeah. go through that sort of thing but i think you've really sort of opened up some sort of for the lack of a better term playbook for people who um don't know what that step looks like you know what I mean and I just think that's really incredible what you what you did with that and thank you Cooper that's (laughs) so sweet I'm definitely learning as I go every day I'm like oh I should probably deal with that like some sort of something comes up and just it's definitely going to be a lifelong process which is something I'm just coming to terms with there's never like this healed day um and Mm -hmm. so it's been sweet to like come alongside people who are maybe a couple months behind where I am in their healing and just be like, I'm still healing. There's no shame in like this being hard for years. I'm 15 years out from my abuse and it's still hard some days. And so just getting to also affirm people that like what they're feeling is not irrelevant and they shouldn't just be over it by now. Like it's going to be, months and years of just bringing it to the Lord and like what a gift that we have a savior who is able to empathize with our suffering and so just been a sweet process absolutely um didn't when you when in this past three years or so between that and then writing the book and just all these new things did um I know we've talked about how um, good, uh, good it's been for your relationship with the Lord and how fruitful it's been and stuff. But it, did your relationship with God ever take a hit in that time? Like, did it ever, was there ever a time, and like you talked about, like, I guess with right before the book released, you're like, oh my gosh, is this for me? Um, mm-hmm. And questioning God and stuff like that. But was there ever a time where you were like, God, why are you, why did, did you put this in my heart? Why are, why are we here? Like, I understand, I understand needing to share it with your family and stuff like that. And, um, but that big step of 
laying it all out of the line and laying just being literally an open book for everybody. Um, scary. It, it's scary. And did it ever, did you ever come to not only questioning him, but not, not, maybe not anger, but you know, that yeah. feeling of misunderstanding and frustration and stuff like that. Cause I feel like we all feel frustration with God for even the smallest of things, let alone uh-huh. something so big and so um, near and dear to your heart. Yeah, that's so good. Um, so my big tussle with the Lord was actually before I had told anybody about the abuse um, and just was so depressed and suicidal and was in denial about what happened to me when I was little. So I didn't even really, I wasn't even able to like put the pieces together for why I was feeling the way I was feeling, Mm -hmm. but I just knew like I hated myself. I hated who I was. I didn't think anyone would be worse off without me. I thought people would be better off without me and had never like tied the two together that Mm -hmm. like lies I was believing at 16 were birthed at six. Um, And so just didn't really, that was when I was really at my worst with the Lord, but also kind of felt like he was the only person I could talk to. So it was this weird tussle of like, I don't want to live, but I love you, Lord. Like, you know, my heart, you know, what's happening with me when nobody around me knows. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this quote that I heard like in the months before publishing the book that was like, had I had anyone else, had I had any comfort, um, the Lord would not be who he is to me today. Like he would not be my closest friend. He would not be my first love, my first companion, like the person who I look to for everything. Had I thought I had another option then. Mm -hmm. So I praise God that I was lonely and that I was depressed because he had to be where I ran because I didn't feel, even though I had an amazing family and amazing community, like he had to be where I ran when things got hard because I was too prideful to let anybody in on the fact that I was really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but then fast forward, um, like I said, the night before the release of the book was I felt very attacked um, I guess by Satan sounds kind of dramatic, but just like bawling, like, I don't want the world to know this about me. This feels so vulnerable. This feels embarrassing. I also feel stupid. Like who just writes a book randomly? Like this just feels really stupid. Mm-hmm. And so I actually called, um, my mom and my boyfriend Garrett and just was affirmed by them that like, Jesse, those who are working for the devil don't usually get attacked by him. Like, this is an attack from the enemy. And your story has been handwritten by the Lord to be used for his glory. Um, So that was like a quick, like, jolt back into reality after a day of feeling like so distraught, so embarrassed, like, I'm not going through with this. This is a mistake people don't need to know this is way too personal this is way too private um also i don't want the person who did this to me to see this and know that i'm talking about them um which is also such a sweet story because um through the book he has reached out to me and we have completely reconciled and i got to tell him he's forgiven um 
after years of slavery to sin and shame. And so that's been really like my favorite part of the book. And I didn't even realize how, man, that's incredible. I'm very happy. Like, it's so crazy. I just cry thinking about it. I'm like, the Lord is so faithful and like, there's reason behind everything that he puts on our heart. And if that was the whole reason that I did the book was to be able to forgive him. Like what? <laughs> That's so cool. That's insane because a lot, so many people who go through things so much more mini school than that, like don't want to talk to people ever again. And so I can't even imagine that, that feeling that you have of just, having the opportunity to reconcile something or even being having the opportunity to feel willing to reconcile with something. So with something so deep and so um, just so horrendous of things that happen, things that happen to you. And if, like you said, if that's the purpose of writing the book, I mean, because we're called to forgive for anything and that's definitely easier said than done for so many, for so many reasons, uh, much smaller than that. And that's yeah. really incredible. And I was just, it was the sweetest picture of the gospel because I was like, if I don't, if I'm not able to forgive him, then how could I ever believe that the Lord is able to forgive me? And so just the Lord taught me so much about love and forgiveness and just so sweet and so grateful. So it's been a very refining process and it's easy to look back and see why he told me to do it. And I'm not really sure what the future of the book looks like, if I'll ever write anything again, or if I'll try to promote this more, but it, I see why the Lord called me to do it, not even a year after. And so that's really sweet. The Lord doesn't promise us that we'll see fruit from our labor, and it's just sweet to kind of be seeing it right now. Man, what an, man, what an incredible story. And I'm just so happy to have had you here and just to sit down and talk with you because we have, we talk all the time, um, but we don't ever, we rarely get the opportunity to sit down and just chat about the biggest parts of life. And um, just getting to sit down with you for an hour is uh, very, very rewarding and very, uh, just makes me very happy. So I'm just been happy to have you. Well, thanks for having me, Cooper. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Play With By Grace. I am honored to have had such a dear friend like Jessie take the time to share her story. Please check out JMC Creative as well as her book, I Delight Because He Is Near. I hope you are as encouraged by Jessie's journey as I am, and I can't wait to share the next episode with you soon. See you next time.